2: It's been a rough go for markets as of late. We've seen Treasury yields on the rise. In fact, hitting their highest levels since 2007. Raising concerns that these higher interest rates may impact housing. Could also tip the economy into recession. In fact, some people say we may already be in recession. And we're going to talk about that today. I'm Andy Gersher. And this is Gaines. Let's bring on Bill Uliveri, owner of Senecal Capital Management in Glenview. Check out his website, cenicalcapital.com. That's C E N com. Bill, great to have you on the GAINS podcast.
3: Hi, Andy. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to be with you today.
2: One thing before we get going, uh, Bill, I know we're going to be talking about where markets are, prospects of a recession. uh, You know, some folks say we're already there. Um, You're going to be talking about this on Friday um, I believe you're doing something on this upcoming Friday. Five charts in 50 minutes. Just tell the Gaines listener uh, real quick how they can check that out before we start our combo here.
3: Sure, you'll go to LinkedIn and do a search for Bill Eulavari, and you'll see that I pinned to my post a registration link for our uh, my my lunch and learn on Friday, October 6th, from 11:45 to about 12:45. And to be honest with you, Andy, we're going to go through way more than five charts, but there are some very, very interesting things out here that investors have to be careful of. Some opportunity, if you know, so it's the good, bad, and the ugly, we're going to be going through. And then, uh, again, it's this Friday, October 6th. Hit me up on LinkedIn. Find a link there.
2: Definitely uh, check out Bill on LinkedIn. Check out his five charts in 50 minutes, but he, I think it's going to be more like 15 or 20 charts in in 50 minutes, but yeah, we're looking forward to that. Okay, now over to markets. Where are you on the recession front? Where where do you see? Some are say that we're in a recession right now. We don't even know it. Others see it on the horizon. Where are you on the recession front, Bill?
3: It seems like every asset class that's out there has gotten hit hard, except the some the, the ones that we see, and and by that I mean especially residential housing, real estate investment trusts. Electric utilities, um, anything that's commodity related in the last 18 months has gotten smoked. So the only thing that I think is really holding up this market is residential building. And I think we're about to see a rug pull and these stocks taken out to the shed for a serious, serious beating.
2: You, you said these stocks have already have have, have taken a, a hit really hard. And, and again, this is an area of interest rate sensitivity uh do you think that we're kind of close to the bottom are we picking through the the bones here at the bottom
3: well you know andy like every like a pendulum swings back and forth there are some things that have already gotten hit hard that look like they may be putting in the bottom and there's other things frankly like boise cascade where it's just beginning to roll over after a massive rally you know doubling in value practically uh in from in, in 2003 like this year You know, in April, in April of this year, Boise Cascade was trading like $58 a share. It just traded 112 recently. The symbol is BCC, Boise Cascade. They're a big building material company. The stock has performed swimmingly. I mean, it's done great. But let me tell you, it I think got way ahead of itself and rallied massively in the face of rising interest rates of going from near zero to five and a quarter percent, from going to one or 2% to a 10% construction loan, right? One plus prime rate puts you at 9.5% for construction loans. I just don't see how this is sustainable.
2: You said there's winners and losers in this space. What do you like in the space? Tickers and uh, names.
3: The ones that I do like are actually some more of the commercial and the shopping mall side. And they've, and those stocks, they have already suffered down 25, 30, 35, 40, 45% from their highs in the post pandemic. So I've got a list of names here that I really think are, are nice. I think they're putting it at a bottom if they haven't already. They pay a juicy dividend. And in the last four or five years, they've reinvented themselves. And I find that those are interesting. These are like little known, little watched gems that I think investors have to look at.
2: We've seen energy pretty active over the last year. Where are you on the energy front?
3: Energy, I believe, has to be sold. I think energy has gotten too far ahead of itself especially in the, in the face of a rising U.S. dollar. Uh, I think oil has to be sold. Transports possibly need to be lightened up on. And those are my, you know, forests and uh, forest products and like paper products need to be pared down. Restaurants, gas, utilities, steel and materials need to be kind of softened a little bit. I don't know, Andy, I just see more, um, neutral to negative sectors, and I see positive, yet the S&P almost made an all-time high in post-pandemic. Even though the NASDAQ QQQ almost made a new high in post-pandemic, I just see a divergence in leadership, and, we just, and the investor has to be really, really careful here.
2: You mentioned stuff you're unloading, and you did talk about some select on the housing side. What other areas do you see extreme value right now?
3: You know, real estate is kind of complicated. You have residential, commercial, real estate investment trusts, real estate investment trusts that hold apartment buildings, single family homes, mortgages to assisted living facilities. Like this is very, you have to drill down really deep. And the ones that I like are shopping malls, a few of them, and real estate investment trusts that hold mortgages and leases for assisted living, specialized care and skilled nursing, I think there's great value over there because so let's face it, Andy, the United States is getting older. Uh, the young people are in emerging markets. They're not here in the United States.
2: Do you lean more towards the dividend yielders at this point, or are you looking for improved growth in stock price? And what's, what's the uh,
3: I'm leaning tactic. toward the dividend side, Andy, because I think you know I think if we're in a recession, Jerome Powell needs an excuse to lower interest rates. And anything that has an interest rate dividend yield, I think, is going to outperform in the next six months to two and a half, three years.
2: So this yeah. could extend too for more than just six months to a year. This could go out a, a lot longer, too. It seems like I huh? do.
3: I think I do think this could be because, look, you know, real estate has suffered for more than just 18 months. Real estate and outlet malls and and anything that's like interest rate related really has suffered for, you know, you know, three years or so because everybody did their shopping online.
2: So all that said, what's your top go to picks, Bill?
3: My first number one pick is Omega Healthcare Investors. The symbol is O-H-I. It invests. It holds about it holds hundreds of leases and mortgages for assisted living, skilled care nursing facilities, anything that related to um, uh, you know, nursing homes and that type of healthcare system. It pays an 8.05% dividend yield. 8%. And it's just basically just a mortgage holder and a lease holder in these type of facilities, both in the United States and in Canada. I think that that's one of my favorite picks, especially because it pays a juicy 8 percent dividend.
2: That dividend is obviously very sustainable, right?
3: Exactly. Exactly. Do you think America is getting older or younger? I mean, I'm 64 this year and I can tell you that my radar is really going off huge with, again, skilled nursing facilities, residential care. Alzheimer's dementia. This is the like, this is where there seems to be growth in the economy, not residential right now. I think residential kind of peaked, so you have to look to the real estate investment side in an area that has a great um, cash flow, and I think that it's in this space. You
2: know, just one little thing I want to throw in there, but you know, after today's sell-off, uh, the Dow actually went into the red for the year. So there are a lot, of, and this kind of speaks to what you're talking about. There are a lot of quality dividend stocks that are underpriced in the Dow right now. Uh, the broader uh, market, you know, the S&P 500, still up about 10% for 2023. So that's that's certainly worth a note. On the gold front, you know, I've been uh, looking at GLD and um, just wanted to get your thoughts on on gold at this point. Uh, we, we've seen a bit of a pullback here and, and just wanted to get your thoughts on gold, how that fits into all of this. Yeah, GLD, which is the uh, Spider uh, Gold Trust, that's uh, the way I get gold exposure, trading about $169 a share. Ticker on that's GLD. Uh, your thoughts on gold?
3: Gold Andy, I think, has been in a sideways trading range since July of 2020, right where we came out of COVID. It's trading almost at the same level. Like say the high in 2020 was roughly uh, $165 a share, which kind of puts gold at $1,650. It rallied up to $196 a share, or roughly, again, implicit price of gold at $1,940, $1,960 per ounce. It looks very sideways to me. I don't think it's going anywhere. The higher dollar, higher interest rates doesn't help gold. It hurts gold. And gold is a risk on asset that moves kind of in the opposite direction of the U.S. dollar. So until the dollar turns around, we're not going to see gold go anywhere.
2: But you did Um, mention that you do see a break in interest rates uh, going forward. Wouldn't wouldn't that benefit uh, gold a little bit?
3: Yes, we need to see the U.S. dollar stop going up and turn around and start to gl- to decline.
2: And is it, so that, that all comes down to rates, right?
3: Primarily it does, Andy. I can't think of a reason why the dollar would decline with rates up here or going higher. So we have to see, everything hinges on interest rates.
2: We're going to take a quick break. Hey, be sure to subscribe, follow, leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. If that's an option for you, I've been told that's podcast gold. Totally appreciate the solid there. And as always, subscribe and turn on those notifications so you know when a new GAINS episode drops, we drop GAINS episodes on Wednesday mornings. We'll be right back with Bill after the break.
0: worker of yours.
2: Back with Bill Uliveri, owner of Seneca Capital Management in Glenview. Check out his website ceniclecapital.com That's C E N A C L E capital.com. We're talking about we're already potentially in a recession. We're kind of playing off the bottom. I mean, where do you see things going? What's your advice for the individual investor?
3: The individual investor is this is this is my advice is that I think you need to broaden your scope and broaden your horizon of what it means to have a diversified portfolio. Typically, the United States is composed highly of indexed index traders, index investors, low-cost index funds, low-cost ETFs. Fine. I'm okay with that. But it just seems to me that there are some incredible opportunities elsewhere than in what we would call the main part of the United States that being the S&P 500 and the NASDAQ QQQ. We need to look at and drill down into individual sectors if you're going to be a U.S. investor and you need to look elsewhere in emerging markets and, and emerging bond funds. I think there's some great opportunities out there.
2: What are some plays domestically that you, you really like right now people should take a hard look at? You've been skewing uh uh, with some of your picks recently with a nice yield to, to also uh, get while you're holding the s- stock?
3: Andy, I know it sounds like I'm talking out of two sides of my mouth, but, I, but I'm not really. Because for every sector that we look at, you can break that sector down into 20 different pieces, right? When we talk about real estate, is it residential? Is it building materials? Is it commercial real estate? Real estate investment trust? Does it hold mortgages? Does it hold housing? Does it hold apartment buildings? Like there's so many subsectors within a sector. And so you have to just, unfortunately, investing has gotten more complicated. Investing has gotten more nuanced. I like some of the real estate investment trusts. I like the dividend yield that they're paying. I like the fact that I expect them to rally if we see a decline in interest rates, which is what I think is going to happen.
2: Well, Give us some tickers and names.
3: Here are some other real estate investment trusts that I really like. Here's one. The symbol is SKT. S-K-T, Tanger Factory Outlet Center. Here is a factory outlet shopping mall manager and builder. They have a market cap of about $2.3 billion. It pays a dividend yield of over 4.26%. And I think that they're bridging the gap between online sales using an app and in-person outdoor beautiful shopping malls. They have them in the most beautiful places in 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 the warm belt, in the southern belt of the united states they have a user-friendly app that gives you a credit not just like a store credit but they give you an outlet mall credit so andy say for example i was in tennessee and i bought a pair of shorts or a pair of shoes and i see it cheaper somewhere else in the somewhere else in the tanger factory outlet mall system anywhere all 36 locations in the united states anywhere in canada if i see it cheaper at an outlet mall in a different geographic location, I can push a button and get a credit to my account, like a reward card. So it's a way of making sure that I'm doing, I'm doing an arbitrage across 36 outlet malls, making sure that I have the lowest price in my pocket on my app. It's building loyalty. You can become a club member. I'd go shopping at a, at a local mall, be outside in Tennessee, Florida, gorgeous weather in an outdoor mall. If I buy something and I see it cheaper at another mall, I get, I get the store credit. I mean, it doesn't, it doesn't go any better than that. Very interesting.
2: What was the ticker on that again? Give us that name and S- ticker.
3: Right. S-K-T. Sam Kilo Tango. Trading at around $22.34 a share.
2: Okay. So what else
3: you got? I like this one. This is a very, very low market cap. So you have to be careful because it's thinly traded. One is called Ramco. Gershenson Properties, Ramco Gershenson Properties. Symbols R P T. Robert Paul Thomas pays a dividend yield of five point three percent. It's in the uh, you know the real estate sector. I think in a positive trend, yes. even though the market has declined, it looks like it's holding in there really well. Clearly above its COVID twenty twenty low. But this company, Andy, honestly, has kind of been sidewaysy for 12 years. I'm not saying this is going to rally huge. I'm just saying that you can get a five and a half percent dividend in a real estate investment trust that looks kind of interesting. I yeah, mean, I, I'm it's, taking
2: it's, a look at the t- uh, the chart right now. So RPT Realty, and, and again, the ticker RPT. Yeah, like you said, it's a you know 13 PE, throws off a five and a half percent dividend. Uh, And has pretty much been range bound, you know, over the last handful of years. So, uh, yeah, that's that's certainly an interesting play. And again, what's RPT Realty? uh, I mean, what's their specialty?
3: Well, they own it's a trust company that owns, acquires. They manage, uh, you know, regional shopping malls, community shopping centers, single tenant properties uh, uh, across the United States.
2: Which is an area. This is one of the sweet spot areas you like right now. Uh, interesting. I do. I okay.
3: mean, I, I think the low is in. I think I think people want to get outside and they want to have a better experience. And for a real estate sector, I think it looks I think it looks reasonable for a small portion. Like I said, you're not going to get rich from it, but you're going to get a really nice yield. And I say th- I'm OK with that.
2: We've talked uh, crypto a lot in the past. Uh, just wanted to touch on that as well. In light of the current environment we're in,
3: well, Andy, so interesting that you brought that up again. As you know, I love cryptocurrency. I love Bitcoin. I love all cryptocurrencies. To be honest with you, I think just philosophically they're absolutely amazing. But you cannot deny the fact that the peak was put in in Bitcoin at around sixty-five, sixty-six thousand per token. Now trading twenty-seven thousand five hundred. We've talked about the. Stock-to-flow ratio, putting Bitcoin somewhere at $100,000 or greater. And we've been saying that for more than a year. So, again, Bitcoin needs to see the dollar decline, needs to see things turn around. Because, again, we're in this interesting location with Bitcoin where it's so close to its annual supply being cut in half. Uh, we have to potentially add maybe 1% more to our portfolios. Explain that
2: real quick, because there's a big event coming up. A lot of people who are probably new to uh, cryptocurrencies, even people who've dabbled in it, might not be aware. Explain that real quick, Bill. It's a big thing. All
3: right. So the Bitcoin's halving means that on an annual basis, I'm sorry, every 10 minutes, you have a certain number of Bitcoin are released to the economy of Bitcoin. Around six and a half tokens every 10 minutes. Coming up soon, April of 2024, I think it is, next, uh, in, you know, eight more months, the, the 10 minute release, reward release to Bitcoin miners is going to get cut in half from six and a half to three and a quarter Bitcoin every 10 minutes. So, what happens, Andy, is that in economics, in trading, we have supply and we have demand. It doesn't matter whether it's corn, soybeans, wheat, or interest rates. If there's too much supply, prices go down. If there's too much demand, prices go up. And what we're going to see is that the supply available to Bitcoin enthusiasts is going to be cut in half. That is incredibly bullish on the fundamental side of Bitcoin. So while currently the forecast for Bitcoin, we can't prove uh, mathematically how you know things are going to look, but we're going to see a drop of 50% in the amount of Bitcoin that's available from um, going forward. That needs to be looked at.
2: The tokens of Bitcoin get spit out for Uh, When miners do these algorithms, that reward is basically going to be cut in half here very soon.
3: Yeah. And you have to ask yourself, what would happen if the Saudis cut the oil production by 50 percent? What would happen if we cut new housing construction by 50 percent? What would happen if we cut the amount of corn that was grown and produced on an annual basis by 50 percent?
2: Yeah, most people are going to say all that stuff moves higher. You know, it's just a supply and demand world. And the thing is, uh, crypto, especially Bitcoin, is on a lot of people's radar now versus 5, 10 years ago.
3: Absolutely. I think Michael Saylor from MicroStrategy bought another few hundred million dollars of Bitcoin to, to and put that on, on their balance sheet. So, you know, there's there's some big names looking at Bitcoin. Right now, it is how many days until it happening happening happens in two hundred days april twenty first twenty twenty four so the next happening is in is in two less than two hundred and one days where the annual supply will be get cut in half. that puts the stock to flow ratio roughly at hundred and fifteen thousand dollars per token andy it's never failed, but it hasn't happened yet so Degenerate traders, be careful. So, Bitcoin is at its peak inflection point right about now, where it should rally up to its stock to flow ratio. And again, people who are looking at this are expecting Bitcoin to go to over $120,000, $130,000 per token. That makes it one of the best values out there only because its supply will be cut in half. And there's only about 19.5 million left of 21 million tokens. So, let's be honest there's no there's very very the most the scarcest object on the planet right now isn't gold or silver or corn or houses or debt it's bitcoin by far the most scarce asset on the planet
2: and we made a million dollar uh forecast i mean maybe about a year ago so uh if if you want to really get in and, and and see our case for million dollar bitcoin Go back up because we we on the gains podcast, uh, Bill and I talked about that very thing and made the case for million dollar Bitcoin uh, tokens in not the too far distant future. So we've covered a ton of ground today. What's the uh, takeaway, Bill?
3: You know, investment advisors like to use the analogy of the market being like a iceberg. Only about 10 percent of what gets reported on the news is you see above the waterline. Right? So you got to be careful looking at the broad market indexes. Under the water surface is where all the hazards are, but also the opportunity. And I do see opportunity in Bitcoin and Ethereum, cryptocurrency. I see opportunity in select real estate investment trusts. I see I'm very worried about residential housing and building. And I'm kind of worried about interest rates. Um, not that they're going to go much higher, but they're, they've, they've hit the brakes on this economy and push us into a recession, I just don't think everybody knows it yet. And I think we're beginning to see that now. Having said that, recessions are usually declared officially two months after the bottom is put in. So I think we're putting in the bottom this month, maybe in the next two to three weeks. And it will be sharp. It will be spiky. It will be scary. So I think you've got to create a shopping list right now of opportunity, because I think that those asset classes that you seek to invest in are going to do incredibly well for the next two months to 24 months
2: big thanks to billy laveri owner of Senecal capital management in Glenview. check out his website cynicalcapital.com that's c-e-n-a-c-l-e capital.com all right hey be sure to subscribe follow and leave us a five-star review on apple Podcasts. that's an option for you totally appreciate the solid there and subscribe and turn on those notifications so you know when a new gains episode drops we drop gains episodes on wednesday morning and i look forward to seeing you then
4: a news radio wbbm podcast powered by odyssey So shop, learn more, and get details at toyota.com slash beyond zero. Toyota, let's go places. Today's episode is sponsored by NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Ready to level up your financial game? Let NerdWallet guide you with smart strategies for lasting success. Get savvy tax planning pointers to maximize your savings, money-saving travel tips for your next family getaway, and investing insights like how a 529 plan can help you send your kids to college. Unlock the key to saving to help you earn more money. Follow Nerd Wallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Future You will thank you in 2024.